Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are very glad that each of you have chosen to worship with us at Boiling Springs Baptist, and I pray that all of us would prepare our hearts as we worship our God today. Our hymn can be found on the screens, um, and it's a familiar tune, so please stand and join in singing. We thank you, God, for teachers. for lesson on the steps. Okay, Levi, can you turn around? All right, how are you today? It is so good to see your smiling faces. I want to show you something that I've got here. What is this? A circle. Is there anything on it? It's just white. It's just white. Well, you know, my circle today is sort of like 
You were when you were a baby, just beginning. Just like a rainbow. You light my light every day. But today we want to talk about this is a special day. How many of you saw all the tables in the fellowship hall this morning? All set up with nice tablecloths and stuff? We did, didn't we? They're going to have a lunch today for teachers and mission friends leaders and choir leaders and our preacher. This is Christian Education Sunday. And I want to read you a verse out of the Bible. 2 Peter 3, 18. Grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord. All right, I've got a different circle. Look at here. Look at my circle. It grew. It's like a spring. It's like a spring. That's exactly right. But it's got different things written on the spring. It starts with the G. God, go into church, to mission friends, to choir. And then it goes to R, reading the Bible and praying. Then it goes to O, obeying and learning to listen to our teachers who are teaching you about God. And the last letter is W, sharing and witnessing with your friends. You are learning to grow in grace, God's grace. It's in your heart and all your teachers and your mission friends leaders and your choir leaders, they are all helping you learn to grow. Can we grow every Sunday? Can we take with what we grow and share? Yes, we can. So let's pray. Jesus, as our children, our gifts that you've been given to us, help us teach them. Help us to allow them to open their hearts and listen to you. Allow them to grow in your grace through those in this church and at their homes and in their schools who help them learn about you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. We are called to make Jesus known through our loving obedience to him and our love for others. The North Carolina Missions Offering takes the gospel to the lost and hurting through a variety of ministries. I'll be telling you about some of those. You will also find in the pew pockets offering envelopes in which you may put your offering. Many have come to know Christ through your faithful prayers and financial gifts in past years. Many of you worked to repair damage from previous hurricanes. Please pray for disaster relief volunteers who work with the North Carolina Baptist men and Baptist on mission. The Baptist men will receive 41%
of the offering that is collected for this purpose. One of those places that will receive money will be the Shelby Mission Camp, along with the one in Red Springs, and they receive 15, 15% of this offering. Local associations also, including our Greater Cleveland Baptist Association, will share in the 10% portion that is set aside for the associational projects. Two other categories are there in this money, church planting and mobilization ministry. And those projects include monies going to mobilization ministry to assist with supplies and transportation cost to carry out emergency assistance. The goal set by the missions committee here at Boiling Springs Baptist is $3,500. With the needs so intense due to the tropical storms that have occurred again this year, I ask that you pray and give what God leads you to give. You know that giving and offering is an act of worship of God. Father, thank you for your gifts of mercy and love. May we share our money, our time, our talents, our prayers, so that those who are less fortunate than we can know your love. Amen. As our pastor indicated a few moments ago, today we're emphasizing Christian Education Day as a way of commitment, as a way of recognition, as a way to say thank you to the numerous people who are involved in Christian education uh, within Boiling Springs Baptist Church through our Sunday school, through uh, youth programs, through mission friends, through music, there are just multiple ways that uh, we're involved and such a large number of our congregation is involved and so we want to thank you. I'm going to lead you in just a moment in a responsive reading and uh, Bonnie is going to come and lead in a prayer of commitment and I want to give a few instructions so that this will be uh, the best possible reading that we can, we can have today. Uh, there are going to be three parts here, the leader, congregation, and teachers. The teachers refer to those, to those leaders in the various programs, as we've mentioned before, Sunday school missions, music, special study groups, and youth. So uh, that is your part, and then uh, we have the part of the congregation. So I want uh, nice, loud voices in uh, unison as we do this. But, uh, and if you uh, don't do that, I'll get Ruth Pace to come and talk to you or uh, she's had a lot of experience with middle schoolers. Okay, 
Uh, in just a moment, we, I'm going to ask you to stand in, but we're going to stand in really two groups because I want you to, I want to have a physical recognition of those who uh, we're called, who are identified with teachers. Would uh, all of the t those who are involved in teaching or leadership in our different organizations please stand and remain standing? They're, they're doing fine, Ruth. Uh, very good. Now I would like the rest of the congregation to stand, stand continue, and continue to, the rest of the congregation stand as well. As we, uh, as I lead you through the responsive reading on your uh, bulletin insert. We gather together for celebration, praise, and commissioning. Today we have a fresh opportunity to learn, to grow, to serve, as we welcome a new year of both teaching and learning through the various educational programming at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We thank God for this moment in our mission. God. Scripture records, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but all are not, are not willing and able. We celebrate with gratitude for those willing to serve in our community of faith. Scripture records, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, he who teaches in his teaching. And his gifts were that some should be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. Who are those willing to serve? We are. Thanks be to God. Scripture records, I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. To show thyself approved to God, a workman to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. When Scripture records, and these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the, by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Scripture records, show yourself in all respects a model of good deeds, and in your teaching show integrity, gravity, and sound speech that cannot be censored, so that an opportunity may, that, so that an opponent may not, may be put to shame having nothing evil to say of you. Will you pledge this day to give your best as you prepare for being an instrument in God's word and for God's people? Thanks be to God for this moment in our mission. Father, thank you for this day as we celebrate Christian Education Day. Lord, we know as we were children and youth 
Do we have people that cared enough to teach us in Sunday school and mission organizations and choir in so many ways? And the foundation was laid for us. And Lord, we pray that we continue to lay that foundation for these precious children that were down here just now with Ellen, those that are in the nursery, the youth and other children, Lord. Help us to lay that foundation. But Lord, the foundation needs to begin at home. And I challenge the parents, the grandparents, as they strive to teach the children, as it says in Deuteronomy, to teach when you sit down, when you walk with them, wherever you are, Lord, that you can teach them the way and point them to Christ. Lord, we pray for this church as we teach about missions, as we teach about music and how to worship you. Lord, just bless each leader. Thank you for each leader who gives so diligently of their time to study and prepare to proclaim your word in Sunday school, in mission organizations, and in choir, Lord. Thank you for your love. Bless us, bless these that have been called by you to lead. We pray in the strong name of Jesus, amen. Please remain standing. Sorry, I didn't get up in time. <laughs> Sorry. Well, at least you got your aerobic exercise in for today. Uh, as we sing our hymn, our second hymn is Descend Thy Spirit, Lord. Again, the words are on the screen, but it's a familiar tune. So please join in singing.
Let us pray. Dear God, I pray that you would forgive our sins. I pray for the sick and bereaved, for those struggling with everyday life. I pray you would give them comfort and peace. Thank you, Lord, for life itself and all the many blessings you have given me and this church body. I pray that we would give back a portion of our time, talents, and money to further your kingdom's work. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen.
Thank you, choir and candy and accompanists and Roger Lowe, our clarinet player. Is it a clarinet sound, right? Flute, sorry, sorry. Shows you how much I know. Um, but thank you for that beautiful and meaningful piece on this important day. Next Sunday, I want to invite each of you to be here and um, pass the word as well. We'll be having the Lord's Supper this next Sunday, and uh, it'll be a meaningful time in our church, and I'll be sharing an appropriate message uh, under still the umbrella of what disciples do. Uh, That theme will be unity um, as we share in one table, as we remember in in one Lord, in one faith, in one baptism. And so I encourage you to be here for that meaningful service this next Sunday. Our message series today continues what disciples do, and um, I'm just reminding you that what we believe is important. However, uh, the world and even the church itself looks at other believers uh, not so much as what we believe, but as what we do. Again, I'm not diminishing what we believe, but nevertheless, the world looks at us and uh, we look at others in the faith uh, based on on what we do. Paul said in Colossians 1, 28 and 29, before we read Deuteronomy here in just a moment, um, he says at the end of Colossians chapter one, we proclaim him, meaning Christ, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Paul's goal And the goal of Christian educators and Christian education in any church is to present followers, believers in Christ, complete in Christ. And Paul says, for that reason, I co-labor. And I want to thank all of our teachers here at Bowling Springs Baptist, whether on staff or uh, Sunday school teachers, mission, music, um, any small group type ministries that exist here today. Thank you for co-laboring for the cause of Christ and to present others complete in Christ. None of us will ever arrive at that, but yet your efforts and your study and your faithfulness help us all to move in that direction of being presented complete in Christ. This is Christian Education Day, and again, thank you for all of those who study and apply themselves and give of their time and talents each week. If you have your Bibles, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. These words will also be on the screen. But before I read them, I want to say just a few words to help you understand the context in which we will be reading this this morning. But here in Deuteronomy, the people are about to enter the promised land. Moses knows that his time is, is drawing nigh. And Joshua, as you look in your Bibles, you'll see Joshua chapter 1 there at the end of Deuteronomy. So Joshua's time is coming. But it's a new generation from those who have left Egypt. And Moses is retelling, telling the law again, if you will. The word Deuteronomy itself means a second law or a, um, a retelling, a repeated law. And so he's telling this new generation of Israel. He's reminding them what they are to be about. And if you look back in Deuteronomy chapter 5, you will see once again the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments. And so some say that what we're reading this morning in Deuteronomy 6 and following in Deuteronomy is a commentary on the first commandment that was given us by our Lord, uh, by God, and that is um, uh, to love the Lord our God or to, to hold him and him alone. The law given at Sinai is still essential for their continued and final journey into Canaan. And so a message that was relevant to this new generation about to enter into the promised land is a message that is relevant for us, not only for this church, but for the church universal today as well. And so here are these important words, otherwise known as the Shema, to the the Jew uh, and um, 
This was often said before anything important was said. And so the words that we are reading are vitally important, not only in the life of the culture in which we uh, think about in the Old Testament, but vitally important still today for the Jew and for the Christian. Deuteronomy 6, beginning at verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you were at home and when you were away. When you lie down and when you rise, bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. To hear a word from the New Testament as well, let us hear from Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. This is a verse that Peter begins his letter, short letter with in chapter one, and he ends it uh, with the same verse again at the end of his second letter. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity, amen. I'll be praying here in just a moment what would normally be our pastoral prayer, but before I pray, I wanna tell you a few things and ask you to do something as at the beginning of the prayer. And what I would like to ask you to do is, I invite you this morning to think with me now about those individuals who were important to you in sharing the word of God with you when you were younger or throughout your life. Maybe it wasn't as a child, but maybe it was as an older or a young adult or uh, even a middle-aged adult until you were exposed to the word of God. But I want you to spend a moment at the, at the beginning of the prayer, I'm gonna give us a moment of silence, and I want you to thank God for those individuals. Those individuals has, have helped you to come to faith in Christ to grow in your relationship with God and in your understanding of God. And I think we need to pause and give God thanks for those individuals. Also, I want to invite you to do something else. I'd like to invite you to pray and ask God who he would have you to be that individual for as well. It may be for your children. If you're young parents, that would be the first uh, thought I would have. But uh, it may be that there are others. It may be a spouse. It may be neighbors. It may be a coworker that he would have you to share and to help them grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so as I pray today as well, let us remember a few that are in our church family that need our prayers this morning. Uh, one of those is Sherman Parrish. Sherman, for many, many years, I would look up and would see him there. He is, uh, was in the hospital last weekend and just uh, recovering from a little bit of a blood infection, and he is at White Oak receiving some rehab, and so we want to pray for Sherman. We also want to pray for... Um, Barry Johnson, who is at rehab in Mount Holly, and I'd be glad to talk with you a little more about that after the service. And then let's remember Eric Kisselberg, who had hip surgery uh, this last week and is doing well. There may be others that you would want to remember this morning. So let's go now to the, word, to the Lord in a word of prayer and thank God for those who have instilled the word of God in you and then pray for how you might do that in the life of another. Let's pray. God, we thank you for all those who have given of their time, their energies, whether parents, neighbors, grandparents, Sunday school teachers, missions, music leaders, relatives, friends, coworkers, Lord, whoever it may be that has helped us to grow in our faith and our knowledge of you, today we give you thanks for them. We're thankful, Lord, that these words, when we take them to heart, aren't words that, um, like other books and other things that we read, but Lord, your word has power. And your word has authority to transform and to change. And so for that and for those individuals, we give you praise. 
Lord, stir our hearts today about those within our weekly uh, converse, those that we have weekly conversations with that uh, we can take the opportunities to share the word of God with them, to challenge them and to encourage them with different scriptures. Maybe it's notes, maybe it's verbally, however we may do that. But Lord, instill and challenge us in ways that we may also challenge others. God, I thank you for all those who teach and, and give up their time and talents here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. I ask for your richest blessings on them. We thank you for all of those who have prepared and made this day a special day. And uh, Lord, we continue to ask that you would help us uh, to grow in your grace and in your knowledge. Lord, our hearts are heavy towards these whose names we've mentioned. Father, we pray for Sherman, for Eric Kisselberg, for Barry Johnson. Lord, for others that we know at this hour who are struggling. We do pray for your healing and for your renewed strength in their bodies and in their lives. Father, for those this morning that come in here, and maybe it's not a physical concern, but maybe it's something uh, relational, it's something in a marriage, or it's something with children, whether young or adult children. But Lord, there's other struggles, maybe financial, maybe something with a coworker about one's future and career. And so Lord, I pray today that you would meet each one at the point of their need. Father, where there is direction needed, I pray that you would grant it. Father, where there is those simply that just need some encouragement today, I pray that they would receive it through the reading, through the songs, through the preaching of your word today. Lord, convict us all in paths that would lead us closer to you. Father, help us to always be on mission, whether we have a, a role as a teacher or not. Help us to always be pursuing a deeper and closer walk with you. And help us to each take opportunities to share of your love and light with others. God, we love you. We commit this time to you today. We pray that you would do things in us that we simply cannot do in and of ourselves. We give you and commit to you this time. Speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, did you think of someone? I thought of someone, her name is Thelma Allen. She was an older adult when I was a child and was one of my Sunday school teachers. And um, I'm embarrassed to say this, but uh, as a young child, she had, she had lost her, her spouse, and so she was getting ready to remarry, and the wedding was going to be in our church where I grew up. And I remember telling my mom, and I don't know what age I was, but it doesn't matter, I was still embarrassed to say this, but I told my mom, I said, she's too old to get married. <laughs> Um, and so this lady, Thelma Allen, was there when Renee and I walked the aisle and had our showers before the wedding and our reception after the wedding and all these kinds of things. And we shared some laughs. I was still embarrassed by what I said uh, when she was there at my wedding, but I, she points that up. She said, yeah, you, you know, I wasn't going to say anything, but she was the one who brought it up to me. She said, yeah, you, you said I was too old to get married, but she was the first person in my young childhood that was, re, was remarrying, and she was probably in her 50s or 60s when that was happen, happening, um, but I remember telling, uh, may have been older than that, I'm not sure, but um, I just remember telling my mom that, but she was one who instilled the word of God in me as a young child, and uh, I'll never forget her, the time that I had uh, with her in Sunday school. But my parents also played a key role in that as well. I remember working with my dad um, outside and something would happen and uh, he would bring up a scripture verse. Or one time I remember being mad at somebody and telling dad, well, doesn't it say in the Bible we should do to others as they do unto us? And dad said, no, that's not exactly what it says, Keith. Um, <laughs> and then he explained to me, do to others as you would have them do unto you. I was like, oh, oh okay, okay. Um, and so, you know, our parents help guide us and help shape us. And I think that's something, a calling that we should all take seriously if God has entrusted us with young children. Uh, Raymond Smith, who was here a couple years ago and led and preached at our renewal services, is someone who also instilled the word of God in me as a youth. And uh, he was a key player in my faith development uh, during those formative years as a youth. 
But they taught me that God's word is not only something that should be reserved on, that it's not just something for Sundays. It's not just something for Wednesdays or for youth camp or whenever church people get together. But God's word is something for daily living. It's something that we should apply to our daily lives as we move forward in life. In chapter six of Deuteronomy, there was a clear, this is a clear passage of great significance for the generation in which it was written. For the Jew first, but also for us today as Christians. It was a centering passage. Again, in chapter five, Moses is uh, quoting the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments for this new generation. And we combine this with chapter six and we have a, um, a charge for the people of Israel and for us today and how to walk unified under one God. It is here where the people receive their final instructions about what they are to be doing as they continue their journey with God into the promised land. The central focus, central focus of the entire book remains in chapter six, verse five, you shall love the Lord your God, the Shema. Most Jews quoted this oftentimes before they said, not just when quoting this passage to their children, but before they said anything important, they would say, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, which goes along with that first commandment. So what are we to do? As we're in this series about what disciples do, what are we to do? And how does this verse, how does this passage fit into our Christian education day? All our Christian education stems from chapter six, verse five, where it says, you shall love the Lord your God. Chapter six serves as a commentary on the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. So as we seek to love the Lord our God and all that we do, as we seek to grow in his love and his knowledge, what do we need to take away from today's passage? If this was so significant to the Jew and for us today as a Christian, what is it that we need to take away? I've mentioned three things this morning. You may add your own to that, but these are the three, the three things that I've come up with. Number one is Christian education begins at home. This has been clearly stated both in our reading through the songs this morning and the hymns, but Christian education first begins at home. I'm grateful for my parents. My parents were not perfect and they would tell you that. Um, you and I are not perfect, but yet Christian education, God has entrusted us with this message of love and grace to extend to those who are uh, in our care. This message was strong for the new generation of Israelites. In verse seven of chapter six, we find these words, recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home. It clearly says that. And when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise, bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And so now that we've read this scripture, we're gonna take it literal. And so next Sunday, I expect to see things on your wrist and on your foreheads, amen? Um, but there's a clear call here. We also see this in the New Testament as well. And I don't wanna read lots of different scriptures, but I do wanna read this one from Paul in Ephesians 6, 4. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. From, from the beginning of time with the people of God in Israel to our present day as well, and we see it in the New Testament, there is a responsibility. If you and I have been gifted with children and blessed with children, we have a responsibility. But not only in our, with children, but in a home. It may be just husband and wife. There is, a, there is a responsibility there to grow in and be formed in with, uh, be, to be spiritually formed, Christian educated. There's a challenge here for families, but also for us individually as well. And I just ask this question, what are, what are our daily habits in regards to spiritual formation? We can come to church and expect to grow and learn and deepen our faith, 
But what are we doing on a daily basis to help that to be formed in us and for God's word and his love to be lived out among us? It's God's word that feeds our faith. We should start there. I want to say that this week I've been reading, uh, going back to Richard uh, Foster's book, The Celebration of Discipline, uh, when he talks about study and uh, he talks about uh, the the different ways that we can uh, know and experience Christ. We can do that through nature. We can do that through song. We can do that through many different things. But the word of God is central and is key to our spiritual formation. So how is that being played out in your life, in my life? Great Bible study is meaningful, but do you prioritize that time alone? Um, And do you have the right resources? I would love to talk with you as your pastor. If you don't have the right Bible that you feel would be best for you and maybe the right study helps or the right devotional tool to go alongside that, uh, I would love to help you and maybe point you in some of those different directions. For parents here today, as we think about Christian education first beginning in the home, some of you have tried, you have educated, you have instructed, and maybe you feel that the children aren't living the life now that you had hoped that they would live. Let me just say this to you as well. Continue to instruct, continue to guide, continue to pray. But when you and I, when we become adults, we are also responsible for our own spiritual formation at that point. And so you continue to pray for them, you continue to instruct them, even as adult children. But nevertheless, we each have our own responsibility to pursue spiritual growth and spiritual maturity. So spiritual formation or Christian education begins at home. It also is a process. You and I know this if we've walked with the Lord for any length of time. The Christian life is a developing life. We don't become to know Christ and the next day wake up and all of a sudden we're spiritually mature. But it's a process of being formed. It's a process of allowing God to mold us and shape us. Last week I spoke of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 8, I believe it is, or maybe it's 18, that talks about the potter and the clay. And it says the, the, the pot was marred, the clay was marred in the hands of the potter. And so he formed it and shaped it into a vessel, into a new vessel. And so God is constantly doing that with us. You know, sometimes in the Christian faith, we feel like we take three steps forward and two steps back. But nevertheless, God is forming us and he's shaping us. It is truly a process. I'm not where I was in my Christian life several years ago, and I hope that next year I'm not where I am now. But God is forming me. He is shaping me into who he wants me to be. Deuteronomy 6 reminds us that Christian education is a process when Moses talks about spending time in the morning and in the evening each day. This is not a one day, but it's a continual process. And he says these words there in chapter six, he says, recite them, meaning these words, these commandments, when you were at home or you're away, when you rise up and when you lie down, write them on the doorpost of your home. The reason he said that is our doorpost of any house or our door is a place where we come and go. It's a, it's a process of going to work and coming home to the family and going back out and we walk through. It's a, this continual process of going through the door. And so this idea of when you rise up and when you lie down, um, I, I love this idea of spending time with God. It's not just an idea, a reality that we should all have. Spending time with God in the morning, spending time with God in the evening, spending time with him as we come in and out of our home. Walter Brueggemann, Old Testament scholar, writes that Moses proposes saturation education here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Saturation education. Each year as pastor, I've done this for years, I'll try to challenge the the church with a memory verse for the year. This year, it's Zechariah 4, 6, not by might or by power, but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts. I carry it in my wallet. Um, I used to carry them on my key chains, but over time they'll, they'll break off. 
I'm pleased and encouraged that some of you have done this or I've been in your cars or in your homes and I've seen the verse for this year or last year. But it's important to hide God's word in our heart. It's important to pursue the path that he would have us to go by looking to his word. That's where we need to start. Uh, 28 Days of Love, two or three years ago, we gave out scriptures each Sunday for a month. And many of you, some of you had them on your keychains and you did different things with them. But the importance of hiding God's word in our hearts and this idea of what Richard Foster talks about in, in celebration of discipline about repetition, you know, letting God's word is, is we may not have a mantle on our forehead or, a, or our something around the wrist as uh, Moses talks about here in Deuteronomy 6, but yet where do we put God's word? Now, obviously we put it into our heart and our lives, but are there places in our home where we have it displayed? Are we, um, are we going back to it each day? He talks about the importance of repetition in knowing and growing in our faith in relationship to God's word. And so I challenge each of you with that today. Yesterday in, in uh, spending some time preparing this week for this sermon, being reminded of this idea of repetition, repetition and the importance of hiding God's word in our hearts. I did something that I used to do in college and uh, I've done it sporadically throughout my adult life, but I went back and done it. I, I went back yesterday while I was at Dollar Tree purchasing some clipboards for something over here. I went ahead and purchased a new stack of index cards and on those index cards in the coming days and weeks, uh, my family and others will see through my office or other places, we'll see certain scriptures that I feel like are important for me right now in this journey of life for myself that I will display in different areas so that when I'm coming in and out of my office door or when I'm coming in and out of my home or I'm coming, I'm getting ready and combing my hair in front of my mirror, I will have those displayed to remind me of some things that I feel like I need to be reminded of at this time uh, on my process and my journey for spiritual life. And so I challenge and encourage each of you to think about those things as well. But it's meditating on the scripture that helps us in our journey of faith, this process, this journey that God has called us to. So not only is Christian education, not only does it begin at home, and not only is it, is it a process, but the last thing to take away is something we hopefully all know, but it needs to be stated. In Christian education, we must never believe that one day we will arrive. Now, I know some of you say, well, Keith, that's great. Thanks. You're telling me to do all this and you're telling me I'm never going to make it. Um, Paul's goal was to present others complete in Christ. That doesn't mean we arrive. Again, at some point in time, let me, well, let me say this. Knowing that Israel and that you and I fall short often in our desire and in our efforts prefer, prefer for perfect obedience we must be careful not to fall into the trap of what um, Brueggemann, who I mentioned earlier, calls a seductive invitation to think that we can one day arrive. We will never arrive at a place of perfect obedience. And to think that we are getting close, we must be careful we do not adopt a self-righteous attitude. Unfortunately, an attitude that are, is in some Christian leaders today and in the lives of, of us at times. A challenge as we begin to close. This day is dedicated to Christian education. You saw just a few moments ago a lot of young children down here with Ellen. And there were some children that I could tell that weren't here today. We have a lot of young parents in the congregation this morning and that are attending faithfully each and every week. I want to challenge all of those here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. As we think about educating not only our children, but edu educating our church family in the ways of God, in the teachings of God, the teachings of Jesus, what are you and I doing, not only to grow in our own relationship with the Lord, but what are you and I doing to help the younger generation that we have a growing number of here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church? What are we doing to help them to come to know faith and to come to know scripture, to come to know and hear and study God's word? 
It may be that God is calling some of you to teach. Ellen and the church is always needing new teachers. But it may be that God is calling you into some other area uh, to help in this way. But I challenge you to think about that this morning. Uh, It's not just um, Sunday school classes, but it's also youth camps and children's camps and other activities. There's lots of different things the church is involved in to help our children and our youth grow in their relationship with the Lord. But how would God be calling you to do that? And I want to say this as well. I've always been told that um, when, when we're studying a particular book in the Bible, as we look to Deuteronomy today, as we look to Second Peter, as I've referenced, there is a calling or a note at the beginning of Second Peter to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we see that again at the end of Second Peter. And I want to say this. Whenever a book or whenever the Bible as a whole repeats different things, that's something we should take notice of. And I think it's something we should, we should peer in or, or dive into a little bit more deeply. And one of the things that we see in Deuteronomy is not only we hear the words, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But when we turn to the Gospels, we see Jesus saying these same words as well. Jesus combined uh, the Shema. He combined the, um, the clear instructions for the Jews in Deuteronomy 6 with a verse out of, Le- out of Leviticus that says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he combined those when he was challenged, when when the guy said, you know, I've I've done all these things, what else should I do? And then when they were also challenged, uh, when the lawyer was challenging him about uh, what it means and and I've, I've kept all these laws, but what else should I do? Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Christian education begins there. It was stated in clearly for the people of Israel the second time in Deuteronomy to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. They needed to be reminded of that as they moved into this new, this new generation was moving into the promised land. Jesus reminded his followers, the disciples, those that followed, not only his close disciples, but all those who followed him of the importance of loving God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Christian education, my friends, starts there. We must take responsibility for what that looks like in our lives, both individually and also collectively. God wants us to grow in our own time, spending our own time with him, but he also wants us to grow in fellowship with others as well. And as we do that, we can, we, others can help us to keep these words that I'm commanding you that Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter six, six, as we, as we seek to study and apply the word of God to daily living, I cannot help but think of a young child riding a bike. Uh, As we move forward on that bike, we stay up and we keep moving on that bike. But if we don't, we all know what happens. And so my hope and prayer for you is that uh, you are moving forward. You have jumped on the the, the bike that is God's love and that it is his uh, journey that he wants you to travel on and that you are moving forward in your faith. In closing, as I mentioned, 2 Peter 3, verse 18, says to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we begin to understand more of who God is, and then we think about and are reminded of who we are, we're imperfect, we're flawed, we're reminded of how great and how awesome the grace of God truly is. And as we begin to understand more fully that grace, as we begin to, I told you years ago, this was life transforming for me when I began to study and really apply and think more about God's grace that I had been shown, it radically changed my life. Um, 
When we begin to understand God's grace, therefore we want to grow in his knowledge. And we therefore want to communicate that knowledge and share that knowledge, but also share that grace as well. Sometimes it's not in communicating with words. Sometimes it's simply with our actions that we want to demonstrate that grace to others as well. And so it is my hope and prayer that you, are, uh, that you have been exposed to the grace of God and understanding how great that grace is. And that as we come to know that, as we begin to experience it in our own lives, we want to pursue the knowledge of God as well. And that begins in God's word. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each one here. I thank you for the way that your grace has transformed our lives. The way that your grace transforms individuals, the the ways that it transforms families and communities and churches. And I pray, Father, that as we continue to move forward, pursuing an authentic life that, uh, with you and relationship, I pray that we would take today's sermon title to heart, Disciples Study and Apply God's Word to Daily Living. Father, it's not just something that we want to learn more about on Sundays. It's not just something that sounds good when we get together with other Christians. But, Lord, it's something that you would have us to do on a daily basis. And so, Father, help us with the studying and help us, Lord, as well, with the applying of your word to our daily lives. Father, I pray for each one here today. If there's someone that hasn't begun that journey and hasn't, in a sense, uh, gotten on the bike and began to move forward in their Christian journey, Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they would put their faith and their trust in you. Lord, for those of us that are here and for whatever reason, maybe recently we've just, uh, we've neglected our walk with you, we've neglected our time with you, I pray, God, that you would would lead us back through that loving and that awesome grace that you extend to us. Lord, we love you. We commit this time to you, this time of invitation to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you, uh, the altar is open, if you desire to pray, if you desire to renew or to talk about a relationship with Christ, I would love to do that more than anything. If you desire church membership here at Boiling Springs Baptist, I invite you to come as we stand and as we sing. Thank you, Lord, for the ones who guided. Let's stand and sing together.
brief moment. I'm going to invite um, Bill to come and join me. And Lydia, you're welcome to come down here as well. Uh, most in the room know Bill and Lydia Sherman, but Bill comes today uh, seeking a membership at Bowling Springs Baptist Church by a transfer of letter from First Baptist Shelby. He served there as a leader for many years and has been a part of our congregation for many years, but wants to make it official. And so you come on up here. And um, many of you know this fine couple, but uh, Bill, we're glad you made this move. And uh, we, we just celebrate it with you today. And um, we're welcome to officially, in a way, I guess, to Bowling Springs Baptist. But I know you'll want to speak with him briefly after the service. But we have a, just a short matter of business to do. What is the pleasure of the church regarding Bill Sherman and him joining Bowling Springs Baptist Church? Yeah, there's a lot of people that said that. Uh, that's good. Um, but uh, can I get a second? And all those in favor, if you'll raise your hand and wave at him. And any opposed, like sign. All right. Well, you're in. Um, it was tight. It was tight. It was close. No. But uh, welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist. And we continue to look forward to uh, that process of spiritual growth as we talked about just a few moments ago. But um, let me remind you before we close in a, in a word of prayer, there is a special day coming up October the 27th, a local missions day. And there's a table over here. There is some signups for providing a meal for a shut-in that day following worship and spending some time with them. We're, there's a group that may be building a ramp, doing some yard work, and also a group, uh, what, what's the name? Oh, fish fry that evening. Yes. And helping with that. And so there'll be be others that were added uh, in the coming weeks, but right there, there's a lot of need right there. And so uh, that'll be a special day for us. And let me also say there's a men's Bible study beginning Wednesday with Russell Bowles called Man Up. Am I right? I apologize for not printing something in the bulletin, but that starts Wednesday. And then Heather's is the next Wednesday, right? With the women. As Sandy will be ending hers, there'll be a new women's study starting. And so I encourage you to be back and grow as we talk about Christian education. Wednesdays at 11 a.m. and also at 6 p.m. There are studies offered here at the church. And so we invite you to learn more about that and, and come and join us. So let's close in a word of prayer. And after we do, if you guys will just stay here and uh, they'll come by and hug your neck and shake your hand and, and all that. So let's close in prayer. God, we love you. We thank you so much for your love for us. Lord, help us to realize that uh, we need to take responsibility for our own spiritual growth, but we also need to do that together. And we also realize that it's a process. And so God, help us along that journey. Help us in that process that we may learn and grow together and that we may also pursue you in our special times that we have with you alone as well. God, thank you for each one here today. Thank you for all those who have made this special day with Christian education emphasis and for our lunch that we're about to receive. Oh God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.